I want to start from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 to 7. Actually, I take that back. I won't go. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 to 8. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the races set before us. Look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. But consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin, and you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. My sons, do not despise the Lord. My sons, do not despise the chastising of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whomever the Lord loves, he chastens and scorches every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. In life, you are in a struggle. You just got out of a struggle. And soon you'll be struggling again. That's life. If you're a child of God that's been born in the Spirit, then you will be persecuted like Christ. With what I just read, it talks about that. It talks about Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. That refers to his death. He was without sin, and his blood was perfect, and he died for our sins. And then the unknown author goes and talks about God's children. Those who have been born of the Spirit. Those that have been born of the Spirit will be disciplined by God because He loves them. He disciplines us so that we can be better. We could be more like imitators of Christ. Part of being chastised by God is being prepared, He allows us to be prepared. And that's what I want to talk about in this audio. I want to talk about preparation. Pretty soon, football season will begin for college, NFL, and high school. It's fair to assume that by the time a football player gets to high school, that he already knows what's expected of him. On game day, he knows when he needs to start preparing for the game. By the time he gets up, he probably plans what's he going to eat for breakfast. He's already planned on what time he is going to leave. Before he gets to that point, he makes sure that he's got everything that he needs, like his equipment, jersey, cleats, and whatever he needs. Now, He can't just all of a sudden just show up at game time and say, I'm ready to play, coach. 
he needs to get there way before game time. I'm not sure exactly, but let's say maybe hour, hour and a half. I mean, it all depends on how long he knows it takes for him to get his gear on, go through the warm-ups, and listen to the coach one more time. He's going through preparation to get ready for a game. A boss for a CEO doesn't just get up and goes to his company. A lot of the best CEOs in the world has a routine to prepare whatever is expected or whatever is foreseen on that day. See, there's nothing unusual about preparation in the physical world. It's also very important in the spiritual world. From Hebrews, I want to go into Matthew, and we're going to be here for a bit. Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3 is about John the Baptist. And I want to read verses 1 through 3. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken to by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of the one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. John the Baptist was a forerunner for Jesus. He prepared the souls that Jesus was going to save. And we see that word prepare in verse 3. He was doing what Isaiah prophesied of the one crying in the wilderness, preparing the way of the Lord. And then if you flip into Matthew chapter 4, it's about the temptation of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 4 verse 1, to two, it says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterwards, he was hungry. After Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, he received the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit leads him to the wilderness to be tested by the devil. And God allows his children to be tested by the devil just like with his son Jesus and with Job. For Job, us, and Christ, it's a way of preparing us. This helps us to be ready and to become more like imitators of Christ. Obviously, Christ was perfect. He knew no sin. Even though he was tempted, probably more than anybody else could imagine, he still did not sin. And Peter it said that there was no lies or conceit found in him, and still he did not sin. And I probably misquoted that a little bit because I had not been there in a while. But I want to look it up quickly to read the verse so we can see exactly what it is. Okay, here we go. First Peter chapter 2, verses 22, it says, Who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in in his mouth and I'll reverse what who when he was revealed did not reveal in return when he suffered he did not threaten but commit himself to him who judges righteously who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we having died to sin might live for righteous by whose stripes you were healed Christ's death burial and resurrection is why we can be saved that's why we become children of God. As children of God, God will discipline us and 
he will do that so that we could be more like his son. And as we go on through life, facing struggles, we learn from it. And we become better by preparing. Now, no one can say that I did not have time to prepare for the challenge or the obstacle ahead. That is not true. In Matthew chapter 25, parable of the ten virgins. There were five that were wise and there were five that were foolish. The five wise ones took plenty of oil so that their lamps could be on. And the foolish ones did not bring enough. They did not prepare. So by the time the bridegroom came, while they were going to businesses by the oil, it was too late. At the end of Matthew chapter 25, at verse 13, it says, as Jesus says, Watch therefore. Watch therefore. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. That's true. Only God the Father knows when the Son of Man will return. In the meantime, we must be watchful. And part of being watchful is being prepared. We must be like the wise virgins. We must make sure that we have everything in order and be ready. And that way we will not be like the foolish ones that goes out trying to look for the additional oil because they were not prepared. So let us be prepared for the second coming of the Lord. Amen.